You may or may not hear cats meowing and dogs barking in the background, but I'm just going to ignore them. You may or may not hear kids making all manner of noise or dogs barking in the background, so we can just ignore them all together. Okay. Welcome to the Toronto Beer Podcast with me, Chris Schreier, and my equally grumpy co-host, Mandy Murphy. I'd say how you doing, Mandy, but I already know. Do you? Well, we're having a grumpy off, right? We are. We're going to try to out bad mood each other. Out bad mood. That was the word you used. Sorry. A little, uh, little hazy right now. Are you calling me grumpy? You sound kind of grumpy. I am. Okay. I shouldn't be grumpy. I just got back from four days in beautiful, sunny Muskoka, where I enjoyed taking part in the wedding of one of my best friends in the whole wide world. It was a wonderful time. But... This is going to sound insane, but do you want to know the main reason why I'm in a ferociously bad mood right now? Try and guess, actually. Can you guess? Does it have something to do with your injury? (laughs) No. We'll talk about that. But no, here's what it is. Here's what it is. I went away on Thursday, packed up all the stuff I needed, I thought, but I forgot something. And then the worst part was I forgot that I forgot something. And what I forgot was I take an iron supplement because I have like the iron count in my blood of an anemic teenage girl. And one of the side effects, if I don't have iron, is I have really, really horribly depressed days. And so I woke up this morning with this impending sense of absolute doom. The entire world was crashing around me, which is strange because today we're going to sign the lease on our new place because we're moving back down to the beach, which is very, very, very exciting. Oh, that's so exciting. I know. And I was just at this wonderful wedding and spent so much time outside and and my kids were up and we were playing. Like I've had such a fantastic weekend. So to wake up this morning in such a deep state of depression was, was actually a bit frightening. And then at breakfast, my daughter was like, daddy, vitamins. And I was like, vitamins. Fuck, I haven't had an iron pill in like five days. I've crashed. I'm out of iron and this is why I feel this way. So I took my iron and I'm hoping it kicks in during the podcast. And I'm also drinking a beer. And uh, <laughs> speaking of problems, that also generally makes me feel a bit better. So that's why I'm very, very grumpy. How about you? Why are wait, you wait, so grumpy? What beer are you drinking? Yep. You have to back up. Oh, okay. So my sister and brother-in-law and uh, their kids just arrived in from Regina, Saskatchewan. So I am drinking a Blackbridge Brewery, which is a brewery I have never heard of before. And it's their Centennial Rye Ale. And uh, so it's a, like a rye pale ale with, with nice, big, bright Centennial hops. And it, I got to tell you, I've just had my second sip, but it is delicious. That sounds awesome. Yeah, I'm pretty stoked. Not only am Sorry, I not but, drinking a beer, Chris, I'm yeah. not even drinking a coffee, nor have I had one yet this morning to add to my level of grumpiness. I'm that drinking a tall glass of water. So, An iced cold glass of water with white bread for dipping. No, I, I don't even have white bread if I should be so lucky. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, so let's talk about your grumpiness. I've talked about mine now, and uh, now it's your turn. This is the counseling part of the uh, the show. Where do I start? Um... I have a lot to be actually pretty happy about. This was it was beer fest this weekend, and there are a few things that drove me crazy and make me insane and be pissed off uh, at beer fest. Although it's a it's 
great festival. Sometimes I get pretty angry about things and I can get worked up about things pretty easily. So there are a few of those. We'll talk about those. Um, but it, it's just a really, really exhausting weekend. Like you put in, if you're there for the entire day, each day, you're putting in a good 14 hours at least. Uh, you're on your feet the whole time. And by the end of it, you're dealing with some pretty insane, crazy drunk people um, and having to argue with them about why they can't be served or why last call has come and gone and, and they didn't realize it. Um, <laughs> so that just gets you into a bit of a mood as it is because it, it is so exhausting. Um, it's great for other reasons, but it, it can be pretty frustrating. So following Beer Fest, I'm just trying to catch up on everything. And uh, last night, got to bed pretty late. Got a call in the middle of the night um, from our security company that does the security monitoring for the brewery. I had had some trouble when I was leaving last night uh, arming the system, and I finally got it all figured out. It was being pretty temperamental, um, but I never really felt totally comfortable leaving. I, I knew that it was armed properly, but I didn't feel entirely comfortable leaving um, just because it wasn't a smooth, easy process. So in the middle of the night, I got a call from the security company saying that the alarm had been activated and asking if I wanted them to dispatch police. So that's enough to sort of throw anyone into a tizzy in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. uh, so I try to pull up the cameras on my phone. It's pretty cool, actually, the app that we have. You can see um, cameras at the brewery right from our right from our smartphones. Cool. Um, so I'm frantically trying to get to the camera and checking out what's going on there. Whose technology is that? Throw, throw them a little love. Yeah, it's uh, through Canadian security professionals. Cool. Um, yeah, so I was checking it out on the camera. I couldn't really see anything. So I said, no, don't dispatch police. Um, just disarmed the system and then Mark jumped out of bed and, and headed over to the brewery um, while I dealt with a growing puppy in the middle of the night. Of course. And then I uh, went back to sleep. I guess I got into a pretty deep sleep and, because I had been woken up in the middle of the night and woke up to a literal shitstorm, um, courtesy of our puppy who seems to potentially have some kind of a bug. <laughs> Yep, hounds do that. You yeah. know that. You've had a hound. Yeah, I don't know what he ate, but uh, he, I don't know if he has a bug or if he... He, he was in the kennel, actually, all weekend, um, so it could be something related to that. Um, or mm, potentially, yeah. he's just regressing on his housebreaking because he was in the kennel all weekend, um, but there's just no way you can look after a puppy and also work TFOB and also go to a very close friend's wedding on the Friday night. So it was just a bit of a chaotic weekend, and I think uh, a day of rest would be... Really, uh, is pretty necessary right now, and I don't necessarily see one of those in my future for the next little while. <laughs> okay, let's do this. Okay, so now we've got that out. You know, that's, that's on the table. That feels good. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, no worries. And then this this is the next step. Okay, so like you say, and I already know where some of this is going, but uh, you know, th there was you know always stuff at any festival that's annoying as hell. I'm sure. Tell me some good stuff from Toronto Festival of Beer this weekend. Everyone is just so excited. It's like it's like Christmas. People are like antsy the night before, and there's all this great social media going on with people saying how excited they are for the next morning. They have their outfits laid out. Um, it's like people are pretty excited about it. I know tickets go on sale before before Christmas. Even people have actually gotten this as a, as received tickets as a Christmas gift, and mm -hmm. so there's just that sense of. Um, sense of excitement leading up to the festival and it's really cool to be part of all of that um it's it was a beautiful weekend there's some great musical artists there's some amazing beer um it's just it's awesome to be outside especially 
especially for myself, kind of selfishly, like we, I haven't, I don't really get the opportunity to leave the brewery that often. And I haven't really had the opportunity to enjoy fresh air and summer sun um, too much yet this year. And so for beer fest, for me, it was like, yeah, I got to be outside all weekend long and know that we had an awesome team back at the brewery holding things down. Um, so those were some of the, the great things about, about beer fest. There are some really good breweries there with some really excellent beer. Um, so new Toronto breweries like Rainhard uh, was there and they were pouring some mm-hmm. awesome beers. Um, it was great to see Sada City and um, just a really good time. There's There are some great Wait. things about Beer Fest. Sweet. So here are some awesome things for me this weekend. So obviously, uh, Best Friends Wedding. Beautiful. So it was amazing. Um, it was Saturday and it was outdoors. And I don't know if it rained in Toronto, but there was the radar was showing this massive system moving kind of across um, sort of north of Perry Sound. And we were slated to get hit hard right at about two, which was also right when the service outside the lovely little Anglican church in Rosso was set to start. So we were all keeping an eye on the skies and we made the call at one o'clock it wasn't raining yet it actually looked like a pretty high cloud and so we thought let's just do it let's go for it outdoors here we go so we did it outside and actually it was funny at one point uh my buddy the groom andrew uh his phone was plugged in to play a song as they left and uh right towards the end of the service i think it was while they were signing the registry the his iphone alert sound came through the system because obviously it was just left plugged in and on and uh the guy colin who was who's manning the the audio grabbed the phone you could kind of see him frantically turning off notifications but apparently what that was was it was a notification that precipitation was 10 minutes out from the point of uh where we were <laughs> and so we were just wrapping up and sure enough uh we did a big group photo with everybody and as we were dispersing from that the rain started coming in and they had uh they got a bunch of ice cream so it was like after the wedding everyone got to stand around and eat ice cream <laughs> which was kind of cool and uh so most people just took their ice cream into the church and just ate it inside and got to actually see like i said this very beautiful the church is over a hundred years old, I think. Beautiful little country church. Um, so that was fantastic. And then it only rained for about 25 minutes. And then we went out and did all our photos and the reception was great. And I got into a bit of, bit of shenanigans pretty late that night, uh, at the camp we were staying at. And that's the injury that Mandy's alluding to. I've got, uh, I got some really big bruises on the back of my leg because I, I got into a place that I wasn't strictly speaking supposed to be in and uh, then found it very difficult to get out and had to climb over a fence that was expressly designed to prevent people from climbing over it. So on the one hand, I'm very proud to say that I successfully climbed over a fence. I was not supposed to be able to do it. On the other, I should point out that the fence certainly left its mark with some pretty gnarly bruises on the back of my leg that I think, uh, yeah, they're going to get worse before they get better. So. It looks pretty bad from the photos I've seen, Chris. What were you get, trying to get to on the other side of the fence? Okay. So the camp we're staying at has this big water slide called the Kraken. It's like an eight lane water slide and they twist around each other and stuff. And it's a heap of fun. I was on it a bunch this, this weekend and uh, Ben loves it. And so we were having a good time. But as happens after a wedding reception in which plenty of tasty beverages, including, I will point out, uh, a keg each of uh, Golden uh, yeah, yeah, Golden Beach Pale Ale and um, Gateway Kolsch from Sada City were consumed. Me and a friend of mine who are known to antagonize each other and get up on each other and stuff uh, got into a bit of a debate 
And uh, without going into all the details, what it boiled down to was I was guaranteeing that I could use the water slide like a regular slide, like even though the water was turned off. So I tried and uh, it did not work. I could not use it like a regular slide. I did, in fact, have to crawl down most of the slide. <laughs> and when I got to the bottom, of course, they don't want people doing exactly what I had done. And uh, so there's it's not a particularly high fence, but it's, it was probably nearly shoulder height and it's got not like barbed wire top but the tops are pointed to prevent people from climbing up on them and i tried to climb up on them and put my weight on my leg on the spikes and very thoroughly bruised the back of my leg but i did get out so it did was you a learn stupid any thing did you learn any lessons chris um well i mean obviously you could say either you know better containment when i'm that drunk or <laughs> Uh, better planning uh, my exit as well as my entry into a uh, an illicit space, um, but I think I think the answer everyone's looking for, especially my wife and best friend, are uh, don't do stupid things like that. Um, so that's, would you say that's that you that. were drinking responsibly? <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> you know, so say well, I didn't spill any beer. That's actually not true. I actually spilled a beer when I was quite sober. Um, I was just very excited about the uh, reception and everything. Uh, no. Yes, I was drinking responsibly. I was in a safe spot. I wasn't behind the wheel. I couldn't do any damage to almost anything but myself. I'd say that was very responsible. So the irresponsible people were the three people who were with me who bailed and I had to get myself out of the bottom of the water slide. So they were the ones irresponsible, I think. <laughs> okay, we gotta, we gotta move on. We gotta move on. Um, that's that's my good stuff. I've had some good stuff this weekend. Uh, you had some good stuff. I got all depressed because of my low iron. And I would like to say, by the way, uh, you know, there are there's things to be said for for depression. I have pretty low level. I mean, I know people who are in much much worse straits than me. Um, and and I always tell people if if you feel this way, you know, you got to talk to people. Like I kind of stumbled on the iron thing accidentally. Um, but if you're feeling like this, if if you've had a day like me, you know, and this is a normal thing for you that you wake up kind of, you know, feeling like hell and like the world's crashing around you and there isn't really good reason, like the world isn't actually crashing around you, you got to talk to somebody about this, okay? And it's it's hard to do in the situation, but uh, that's just my little mental health plug. Um, you know, reach out because sometimes it's as simple as a dietary control like me. Sometimes you need a bit more help, but uh, the help is there and it feels amazing when it works. It really does. Changes your life, literally. So PSA done. Um, let me tell you. Okay, let's talk the first thing. Okay, I want to go back to this idea for a second. I didn't go to Toronto Festival of Beer this weekend. I was obviously in Muskoka. Um, I do enjoy Toronto Festival of Beer. There are certainly aspects of it that I could do without, um, most of which involve... Um, bros, I think is the technical term. But uh, for the most part, I, I, I generally have a pretty good time at the festival. I think it's fairly well run and, you know, they get people in and out well. And the, like you said, the music's always fantastic. But here are a couple of things. A friend of mine who runs a little brewery with her husband posted a very interesting photo uh, from the Toronto Festival of Beer. I believe it was on Friday because it was a tent Um and Toronto Festival of Beer has always done a very good job kind of being very inclusive. Anyone, everyone's welcome, you know, from, like you said, uh, Reinhardt was there, you know, the newest, smallest kind of brewery right up to a Bud Light, uh, you know, 40 foot trailer that explodes with bikini clad beach volleyball playing girls giggling and, you know, looking awesome. So everyone's welcome. And I appreciate that. Um, but they had a tent set up 
that was, I think it said something about local and it had an Ontario craft brewers logo on it, which, um, that's great. I support local. I, I like all the work that a variety of people do to promote local. Um, but I was interested to note that, um, underneath this tent were two breweries, one of whom I love and that's, uh, uh, central city, but central city is not local. It's from BC. And I think they would be the first people to maybe scratch their head at the positioning there and much, much, much more concerning shock top, which I suppose one might argue is probably made in London, Ontario, but cer certainly does not deserve billing under a local, uh, brewery tent. I mean, uh, the sh uh. so Chris, when was the, when was the last time you were at the Toronto festival of beer? Did you go last year? I went last year. Yeah. Were you there the year before? Mm -hmm. And what about the year I've, before that? I've gone every year since the first year they weren't at Fort York, if that makes sense. When they moved to Banshell Park, that was the first time I went. Okay. Uh, and so had you ever seen that use of the, the local area before? Or had you, you ever you noticed? That, that there would occasionally be things like that there? Yeah. So, I mean, I know, for instance, in the past, like Creemore would have been under the local thing. And that's a tough one because, I mean, Creemore as a brewery is local, but now they have national distribution and undoubtedly don't need the boost and visibility uh, because of their ownership being Molson Coors uh, to be, you know, parked alongside some really small, genuinely local breweries that actually do need the uh, thing. So, yeah, I know it's happened before, but the shock top one, that was like, to me, that's a new low. And the fact that, that I could see Central City being like, what the hell are we doing under this tent? That's that, so that's the problem. It wasn't a new. That wasn't a new thing that that booth has been there for it. It was at, there at least last year, but I'm pretty certain it was there the year before as well in that the exact same position. The way it works with T-Fob is a T-Fob Toronto Festival beer. We call it T-Fob. Um, as a brewer or as a brewery is that you got first right of refusal in your booth location. And so most breweries, if they, if they choose to go back and they liked their positioning and they, they're not able to get anything better, they'll just renew their same booth over and over. And you'll find that many breweries actually come back year after year and are in the very same space. Uh, and so that, that booth for shock top and many others have been in the same, same position for many years. Um, the, I don't know the history of the the local being branded or sponsored by the OCB. I'm not 100% certain that, uh, that there are any OCB sponsorship dollars going to TFOB these days. Um, but I assume that for the logo to be used, um, TFOB is a business. They don't just plaster logos on things for fun. I assume that um, the OCB would have paid for that positioning potentially many years ago uh, and that the banners just sort of continue to get used um, to mark a specific area of the festival each year. Um, my challenge is that year after year after year, I provide the same feedback to the festival organizers um, to say that I think the OCB branding should be used specifically for OCB breweries. Otherwise, it, it really isn't preserving the integrity of the OCB brand. Um, and then just to see that this year, I was I was pretty frustrated just that the, the feedback, like, the festival organizers are great. Every time I provide any sort of feedback whatsoever, they take it, they listen to it, and there's always uh, there's always a change the, the following year to implement feedback, but with that one exception um, of the 
sort of non-OCB breweries being positioned under an OCB banner. Um, it just, it got me pretty frustrated and I probably should, should have spoken to OCB people and spoken to festival organizers before posting it on social media, but I was just having one of those days and, uh, I think I, I just grew tired of seeing it there. So I posted it on social media and a few people picked it up and talked about it. I, I really wasn't taking a dig at the OCB at all. We're a member for goodness sake. Um, it's just frustrating to see that that usage of the brand really frustrating well i mean i appreciate what you're saying i i I would take a bit of a dig at the ocb because they need to be a little bit tighter about protecting their brand that's a big deal that's this is what they do right and i just i like i can't imagine a world in which nobody from the ocb saw that and went wait a minute like this isn't this isn't us. What what's our logo doing up there? That's that's just out of the question. And I mean, that's the reason why you get breweries who get so angry that they're like, no, I'm not going to take part in this. I'm not going to give you guys money if you're going to be that toothless with you know our image. Why would I bother? And I can totally you know we all know there are a handful of people who are very vocal about this sort of thing and. I can totally agree with them when you see boneheaded stuff like that, that it's like, no, like <laughs> this, th- these are little things that would be fairly simple. I imagine to fix, I, like you say, Toronto Festival of Beer are a well-run organization. If OCB came at them and said, what, what is going on here? This is unacceptable. Particularly as you know, that they're probably paying for this. I, I just can't. No, I'm, I can't I'm not sure that they're paying for it anymore. I think those are, those are banners from previous years is my guess. I may be wrong, so I don't really want to speak either way about it, but mm-hmm. I, I think, um, and my guess would be that those are from previous years and that they're just, they continue to be used to mark out a section of the festival um, that is meant to be portrayed as the sort of the local craft brewery or small brewery area. Um, there are actually three large tents that make up the local. We're in, we're in one of them, the, the one on the, the far east side. Um, and in our boot, in our under our large tent, we sort of shared space beside Brickwork Cider, not an OCB brewery. Um, cool, not an OCB brewery. Um, Hop City, not an OCB brewery. Uh, and those are just to, to name a few. If you I, I, if you went around to every other booth, you would, or every other large tent, you would see that there are many other examples. Um, Central City, Shock Top, uh, and it. It gets frustrating for me when I hear it played back to me from consumers. I can I can almost kind of let it go and assume, oh, everyone's just drinking and having a great time and no one's really paying attention. Um, these sort of branding things can often just be noticed by marketing people and the general public doesn't always always notice. Sometimes we can kind of be talking to ourselves as marketing people that way. Um, but when people play it, when consumers play it back to me is when I get really frustrated. I had someone say to me, uh, I often ask I often ask people that come to the booth, what uh, what have you had that you really enjoy? Is there anything that stands out? Someone said to me, well, I'm just sticking in the local area, but I really liked that shock top lemon, whatever. Yep. And my head nearly exploded. Yep. I remember being really upset about it the very first year we were we were uh, at TFOB. So this is our third year there. The first year we were a brand new brewery and we didn't sign up the, the, the year in advance that you really need to to secure a good booth location. Um, so we got stuck way out in left field. Ha ha. Uh, but mm-hmm. quite literally in the middle of nowhere, I think we were beside um, Rolling Rock and Smirnoff or something like that. And it wasn't an ideal location for a brand new 
um, <laughs> tiny contract brewery, but we, we just sort of dealt, uh, dealt with it. And I remember seeing the local area and asking if we could if we could have gotten a booth in that area. And I was told that they were all spoken for, that they were all full. And when I showed up and saw Shock Top in, in that space, I in Creemore and um, Granville Island, like I, I just about lost my mind. Uh, and so the next year, I really, really pushed. I, I signed up really early and I really pushed to get into the area. And we fortunately were able to scoop up a booth that a, a longstanding OCB brewery um, had decided to to let go, like they weren't, they weren't returning. And that was, that's a trend I'm actually seeing quite a lot of this year at TFOB is not a lot of the OCB, the larger OCB breweries are there anymore. Um, and yeah, so we, we locked up a great spot in the, in the local area and we have a really nice booth. It's a, it's a corner booth um, on the opposite side from the stage in the east side, but uh, it just, yeah, I just grew tired of it. I shouldn't have posted it on social media. I should have just talked to them directly, but I felt like my feedback had already been provided many times and it just really wasn't being listened to. Yep. Yep. Okay. Um, just as an aside, I assume anybody listening to this knows this, but just in case, because I don't think we've directly said this, Shock Top is a brand produced by the Anheuser-Busch InBev Corporation. Um, I think, <laughs> where, where are they owned these days? Belgium and Brazil or something? like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it is fair to say that what's in Ontario probably is produced at the uh, Labatt plant in London, Ontario, because they produce a lot of that sort of stuff. Apparently, Goose Island IPA is also being made there. But Shock Top is not local. It, the, some of it might be made physically in the province, but it is made across North America. It's a huge brand. It is certainly not independently owned. It is definitely not headquartered in Ontario and 100% is not paying dues to the OCB. So, And I would uh, also caution the guess that it's probably not brewed using traditional brewing methods as would be required to be in a craft brewery. Yeah, it's... It's fair to say that's probably the case. <laughs> Just guessing. I, I don't I don't want to make any statements about things I'm not actually sure about, but that would be my my guess. Yeah, I would I would tend to agree with you on that one. So. And then Chris, you should also add to that that not that long ago, maybe it was a year ago or so, there was um a brand plan or marketing plan um, mm. leaked about Shock Top and their their strategy to mark to go to market strategy um was to I'm not saying this verbatim, but it was to pretend that they are a small craft brewery and try to gain credibility um, or craft credentials amongst craft beer drinkers. That's their goal and their strategy. Yeah, I, uh, I'm actually pretty sure I've still got that, uh, that leaked release linked on my website. So if, I've, if I have, I'll put it in the show notes and people can read it. It's, it's horrific. It's totally expected coming from Anheuser-Busch InBev. But my gosh, it was horrible to read that. It was... Yeah, terrible. If I was so. a brand manager for Shock Top, I would probably be doing exactly the same thing. So I'm not, I, I can't fault them for that. Um, I just would like to see the festival organizers and the OCB sort of not help them achieve that goal. Yeah, absolutely. And I agree with you 100%. You know, people are going to endeavor to make their living the only way possible. The, the, the biggest thing is exactly doing this. People need to talk about it and be open about this fact that... They're not a tiny brewery and that they are owned by literally the biggest brewing uh, interest in the world. So that's that's that. OK, here's another thing that came out. Wait, I've got I've got two from the festival. Do you have something other than what you know I'm about to talk about in terms of beer town uh, from the festival you want to throw in? Not yet, but I don't know where you're going with this. Okay, so I just wanted to be fair. Like I just threw out the uh, the shock top 
central city under local. And uh, uh, so now I'm going to move into another one, which actually, no, not even remotely related. Uh, I was greeted this morning in my Facebook news feed um, with a link, which I always like uh, when I see people I know in these links. And there was a beautiful, a very nice shot, a very beautifully shot picture. It's actually a little crooked now that I look at it, but we'll, we won't fault that uh, picture of uh, your dear husband, Mr. Mark Murphy, having sharing a laugh with um, what's his title? His Worship the Mayor, John Tory. And uh, our buddy, Les Murray, who's the president of the festival, looking on in the background. Um, Tori obviously turned up at the festival <laughs> because, <laughs> because he can without having the police follow him, I guess. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and also because uh, he's, you know, he's much more so than our previous mayor he's really good at community glad handing um think what you will about some of his politics he does do a good job of getting out there and pumping fists and kissing babies and stuff so he was at uh toronto festival of beer cruising around doing the mayoral thing and they got a really nice picture of him and mark and uh Tori's obviously just dropped a serious one-liner and Mark is having a good chuckle and Les is looking on going, <laughs> that's our mayor. <laughs> and anyway, it, of course, the article is talking about, I think we need to make it beer town, beer town, because of course, Councillor Perks and Councillor Layton want to make Toronto the quote, craft beer capital of the world. And we've talked about this before. So, of course, Tori's at Beerfest and people get him talking about it. And it's a nice diversion. Pan Am Games are just over. They have some serious, serious, serious messed up stuff, messed up stuff coming down the pipe on subways and that sort of thing. Um, so this is a nice diversion for him to be able to talk about something that I think most people would agree is virtually impossible, but sure sounds good to the public. Uh, did you get any further insight uh, from Mr. Mayor Tori's uh, visit to the uh, left field booth on... Beer town. No, not at all. I actually had just missed him. I was up at the the brewery dealing with the the weekend accounting and that sort of stuff. I'm um, sorry, I just missed missed Mr. Tory and uh, or Mayor Tory rather. And I'm actually a big fan of of John Tory and uh, I used to listen to his radio show every day on the way home for a couple of years. Seriously? Yep. And uh, hmm. I was sad to miss him because I, I had met him before at beer festivals, and I would have uh, really welcomed the opportunity to chat with him a little bit about some of the municipal issues that we've been having. But I missed him and uh, didn't really get talked about too, too much, of course, because that's not what they're, they're really there for. Um, yeah, I, I didn't really gain too much insight. I learned that, uh, and I was sort of surprised that uh, his favorite of our lineup was uh, Prospect Simcoe, which is a single hop IPA. Um, he had a tiny sample of each beer, I guess, and then he uh, he asked Mark to fill it up with the Prospect. So I wouldn't I wouldn't have guessed that that's his favorite beer, but it was pretty cool to see. Um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't really learn too much. I think it was a pretty brief encounter, quite honestly, more of a photo op than anything. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I noticed in the article here in the star one sort of, I don't know, I don't want to say concerning, but I'm going to say concerning quote, uh, says, uh, said Mayor John Tory while sipping a brew at the Toronto Festival of Beer at Exhibition Ground Sunday, quote, I just hope that all of this talk about this may be a craft beer city or even just a beer city. What? No, we need to be talking about it being a craft beer city. It already is a beer city. Uh, that, in fact, that is exactly the problem, John. 
And if you were paying any attention, you would know that that's the problem. And so, no, not even just a beer city. This is not like a racial thing where we need to be careful and dance around everybody because that's it's appropriate. This is like, no, we need to draw some seriously clear lines and, and actually segregate craft beer from regular beer and say, no, we need to work to promote just craft beer. I think if they're looking for economic growth, then that's the only type of beer they should really be focused on because they, there's not a lot of growth in the other. No, there's there's none. There's actually um, plateauing or decline in the others. And of course, um, what could only be described as explosive growth in the face of mind bogglingly difficult draconian laws. So, yeah, I think that was the most concerning thing out of this article to me. No, John, not even just Beer City. I might call it Beer Town because I can do that. And it sounds kind of funny. I might even add some echo and post or something. But no, we need to be talking about craft beer city of the world. Yeah, it's going to be really hard to knock off, you know, 19 other cities or whatever in the world. But at least we have something to aim for. But beer town in general? No, again, the big guys do not need municipal help in their business. They don't. They already pay for all the backroom help they can get. We need to make it so that they can't pay for all that backroom help. He does then go on to say... Uh, something about encouraging more balance to the rules. More balance to the rules would be making it the craft beer town. Just putting that out there right now. Um, but then there was some interesting, um, interesting interviews with uh, a couple of different people, including Mark. Um, but uh, Peter had an interesting one that I liked uh, that I didn't even consider. Oh, well, I mean, to some extent, I knew it was a problem because of what you guys have been through, but consider it as sort of a wider reaching problem. But uh uh, he's talking about uh, the city being more open to, um, what does he say, altering their real estate, breweries altering their real estate to create more parking spaces or paved areas, et cetera, et cetera. And I mean, I know Great Lakes hosts a fantastic barbecue every year out at the brewery uh, for their anniversary, and they make good use of their space. But I guess maybe they want to make better use of their space. And, uh, you know, I, I, I agree. That is a hurdle, the way that people get to use their brewery space. Um, and of course, very sensibly... Our friend Jordan over at Reinhardt talked about the insane amount of red tape. And actually, he specifically called out and said, uh, quote, there's so many regulations that the city councilors and the zoning officials don't know what they're doing. And they're just kind of lost. And I think that is absolutely true. And again, uh, evidenced by what you guys have been through uh, somewhat, that that is what he would like to see. So I thought that was very, very interesting. And there's some other interesting quotes. I'm going to link to the article, obviously, in the show notes, so you can read it if you haven't already seen it. It's funny, too, because there's a second picture of Mark, and it looks like Tori maybe is just standing at a frame and has just delivered one last mayoral zinger as he's about to leave, and Mark's kind of got his hands on his hips in a, oh, John, kind of way. It's a really good photo. I don't know. To me, that one looks like that was a smile. Stand back and, and smile. Look natural for the camera. That's a... That's a fake Mark Smile right there. Oh, maybe. Although, who's that in the background? He looks like he's looking at something, too. That's is Rob. That, that is Rob, okay. Yeah. I'm still getting used to all your new stuff. Hey, hey, Leftfield, stop hiring so many damn people in good-paying jobs. I can't keep track of who's on staff anymore. Neither can I. Since we last spoke on the podcast, Chris, we have two more. So we've gone from 12 to 14. That's just intense. <laughs> and so, wait, Rob is your chemical guy? He's the guy with the microscope? He is, yeah. Okay. Cool, I got that. I'm, I'm down. See, I, I am following along. Yeah, our okay. latest our latest hire is a resident of Ivy Avenue, so she's a she's an awesome craft beer girl. Uh, just recently moved here from Michigan. Um, her husband actually lives on Ivy Street, and she's finally gotten her. I guess it's called permanent residency, so she's able to live here now with her husband. 
and work. Really into craft beer. She has tons of experience in the service industry. Her name's Caitlin, and uh, yeah, she's the newest addition to our taproom team. Wicked. Are you worried maybe she's an Ivy Avenue plant? No. Or maybe no. you hired her to be an Ivy Avenue. Maybe I did she's not. a double agent. <gasps> no, 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 no. Um, no, but when she gets asked by the general public about uh, any customers that are coming through about the noise issues, she has a pretty great response. She's like, oh, I just live right there. I don't ever, I'm never bothered by it. Yeah, it bothered her so much she decided to work for you guys. Uh, I would like to also point out one more thing before I let you get on with some of your Toronto Festival of Beer ness. Um, I've got a I, I've got a, another quote here from uh, from Tori, um, and and again, bit concerning because um, I agree in principle with what he's saying. I don't necessarily agree with his proof. Uh, he's talking about like we, uh, I think what we got to do is lighten up a little bit. Um, there are some small steps in the right direction. Blah blah blah. blah, blah. Here we all are. How many people do you see falling down and lying on the ground? The answer is none. Was he there 10 minutes after open? <laughs> he was there about 10 minutes after open. I do agree with John Tory. We do need to lighten things up a little more than a little bit. Um, but I don't think your proof that there wasn't anybody lying on the ground at Toronto Festival of Beer is that valid. Because anybody who's been to Toronto Festival of Beer really knows that's not the case. Um, it isn't to say they aren't responsible, so on and so forth. But it is a beer festival. And bros have a tendency to be bros. And so that's not we, nice. We did have to cut off uh, cut off people, I guess, a lot more this year than usual would be my observation. We refuse service to quite a few people at the end of the night. And it's so sad because you'll, you'll cut them off. Uh, they'll go to the other side of your booth and ask for a beer from someone else on your team. And they'll say, no, sorry, you, you just got cut off. I'm, I'm not, I wasn't born yesterday. No, uh, I'm, no beer I'm here for you. <laughs> Move along, please. I'm blessed with both sight and uh, hearing, so. Uh, they think they're so clever. And then uh, then they just move along to the, the next booth and the next booth. So usually we'll, we'll cut someone off and then we'll notify security that we've cut them off mm. so that they'll keep an eye on them. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Uh, okay, talk to me about some more of your troubles, your woes, trying to fuss a little beer this year. Bros. I don't know. In previous years, we've always had stuff stolen from the booth. A lot of theft, even though the the booths are sort of guarded overnight by uh, roaming security. Stuff goes missing every year. I remember our first year, our A-frame chalkboard went missing on the Saturday night. We didn't get it back until halfway through Sunday when the security guards tracked it down. It had been ditched over a fence um, down by the lakeshore. Um, So that sort of thing's pretty frustrating because it's not like one of a hundred chalkboards that we had back in the warehouse. Like Mark cut the wood and, and sanded it and made it by hand and I used the chalkboard paint and we made the chalkboard. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was upsetting, obviously. But really, I, I'm just being a, a negative Nancy today. Like there, There's a lot of great stuff about the festival as well. Um, and that's why we continue to, to go back year after year. It's, it's a choice for us to be there, obviously. And I generally feel like every year it gets better and better. Uh, and the, the organizers really do ask for feedback listen closely and take it into account. I see small suggestions that myself and other breweries have made. I see them get implemented each year. And um, that's pretty cool to see because you feel like you're collectively making it better and better. Um, so I really hope that we can we can make some movement on this OCB thing for next year and um, potentially have an actual Ontario craft brewery area um, at each booth, have an Ontario craft brewery symbol and the seal and people can know if they're getting craft beer or beer that's pretending to be craft beer and they can start to understand the difference 
Yep. Um, I, it's funny. I didn't realize the the whole things going missing thing was a reality, which is pretty depressing. I remember. I don't know if it was your first year at Toronto Festival or maybe it was the second, but I remember asking Mark in a kind of, I don't know, suspicious. No, that's not the right. Anyway, I asked Mark. I was like, "Are you are you guys going to do uh, TFOB this year?" Because I know. I think it is, right, the most expensive festival to buy into, and loading in is challenging because it's such a big festival. There's all sorts of logistics you have to deal with that can be tricky. Um, and it seemed to me, to my uh, somewhat snobby um, mind, that maybe it was just not worth the effort. And uh, I can't remember the number he spouted out, but the number of people who physically will come by and taste your beer he said it's, it's irreplaceable it's such a big festival with such a diverse crowd it would be insane to actually miss it yeah and, that's uh, precisely why we're there i think it's over thirty thousand people come through the festival over the course of the weekend and it may be more than that yeah my most recent knowledge is that it's thirty thousand people or more um and and the i'm like putting down the fact that it's bro but at the same time I'm never going to be able to gain exposure with that crowd in, in, in any other in any other way. These people are not going to the other beer festivals. Yeah, um, they're not they're not reading your blog. Sorry, Chris. Like they're not they're just not the, the Wait beer a minute. people. Bros read my blog. I'm pretty sure. I can't see why they wouldn't. It's full of big big words and very few pictures. It, it's right up their alley. I think. If you're a bro and you read Chris's blog, send us a tweet. I need to see you wearing um, a baggy tank top, flip flops. <laughs> I was meant to say, oh, white sunglasses and a flat fronted uh, uh, ball cap. Are you stereotyping of it, Chris? Which is basically what I wore this whole weekend. <laughs> <laughs> if you're a bro and you're not Chris Schreier and you read Chris's blog, send us a tweet. There's no, even a picture of me with a Coors Light in my hand from the wedding. <laughs> Because we were setting up and it was, you know, you're in the hall and it's hot. And I have, I, I got told this a long time ago, and this is not a throwaway statement. I honestly do believe this. Any beer offered to you in friendship is a good beer. It doesn't matter what's in the, in the vessel. And uh, I was offered a beer in friendship. It was hot. We were all tired. And uh, I will tell you, it was, you know, technically to style. I mean, it is to style to my taste. It's not necessarily what I look for, but it was a good beer. So anyway. Yeah, let's bros. use that. Let's use that photo of you for the uh, the social media this week, okay? I could see about that. Uh, it's it's. I mean, you got to look pretty close, but yeah, okay, we'll, we'll figure it out. Okay. Um, yeah, bros, send me pictures uh, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, wherever of you. I want to see a picture of you in your bro gear with uh, my blog open on your iPad or your phone or your computer or wherever you read it, and. Uh, That'd be good. So, okay. And I want to make one more comment about what you just said about why other breweries don't attend too far. Okay. Yeah. I guess some of the misconceptions. So it, it is an expensive booth to purchase. However, we get a percentage uh, back on all of the tokens we collect. Um, and in previous years, we've always been able to at least break even on the festival. Um, because the, re the redemption percentage is so fair. And there are many, many other beer festivals that take place in this city with a very unfair redemption percentage um, hmm. that we opt not to participate in, that have much less expensive booths. Um, but what ends up happening with some of those is at the end of the weekend, we walk away having actually lost quite a bit of money. And you work, like I said, you're putting in multiple 14-hour days. You're work, working really, really hard. You're going through a lot of beer at the time of year where beer is uh, 
it's pretty pretty precious and you're trying really really hard not to short all of your accounts um and so it it's a struggle to really even be there and if you if you have to struggle that much and then even uh walk away sort of losing money at the end of the whole thing um unless you have a lot of marketing dollars to burn it's challenging to attend some of the other beer festivals that take place but tfop it's pretty fair. And that's why we, that's why we do it. We can gain exposure with a new crowd that we wouldn't otherwise be able to reach um, that efficiently or economically. I would need to take out a pretty expensive ad campaign to reach those people um, or a pretty expensive sampling program to reach those people. And instead I can work really, really hard, break even and, and reach them and interact with, interact with them directly. So that's why we like it. Sweet. Uh, what's up next for you guys? What do you got on? Uh, I guess the next big one will be the uh, Roundhouse Craft Beer Festival down at, at Steam Whistle. So we look, oh, yeah, we've talked that's... about that before, and I, we really look forward to that one every year. Um, the Steam Whistle crowd just, uh, they've worked so many beer festivals and so many events that they really know how to look after all of the small nitty gritty details and take care of the vendors, and they just do such a great job. We love them to death. Is that August 8th? It is. It's the Saturday, Sunday, so it's, I think it's the 8th and 9th. 8th, 9th, yeah. I'm going to uh, I'm gonna be there for that. I'm headed up to uh, Muskoka. I, I'm 99% sure heading up to Muskoka. Uh, session Muskoka. I can't remember the exact name. I really should be better at this. I should make session notes. Muskoka, Chris. I, I think it is called Session Muskoka. Uh, this coming Saturday um, up in Bracebridge, it's meant to be huge. And I was just talking to my dad. He's a Lions Club guy. They're going to be cooking up, I think it was sausages and female bacon on a bun. So... Uh, I'll put in a little personal plug. A, go to Session Muskoka if you're in the area. Uh, as you said in the past, beautiful, beautiful venue and, and you know, amazing place to have a beer festival. And, uh, and some great music this year. The Strombellas are there and I love them. I didn't even know that. That's yeah. amazing. I, oh, and, and also kid friendly this year. They apparently have a whole kid zone set up, which is great. And, uh, you know, amazing beer to be had. And if you're there, I'm going to say for my dad's sake, stop on by the Lions Club, get yourself uh, some meat on a bun because it goes to support what the Lions do in the community, which is pretty cool. And uh, yeah, while you're up there, I would suggest you uh, stop in, of course, Muskoka Brewery right in Bracebridge and uh, both uh, Lake of Bays, Sada City, not too far away, worth uh, worth the drive in either direction. And uh, I wouldn't, well, I would normally tell you to stop by the Griffin, but the guys who own the Griffin run the festival. So maybe this weekend isn't the weekend to stop into the Griffin, but if you're in Muskoka, check out the Griffin too. Great, great spot for a bite to eat and good beer. And uh, yeah, that's, that's what I've got coming down the pipe. And then... Uh, Roundhouse, I'm going to be at that. That'll be good. And we'll see you uh, at the only festival. On, uh, we're there on the Friday night, seventh uh, uh, August seventh. Uh, yeah, probably. Uh, What's the matter? You sound distressed. So uh, that's just okay. I told you my sister and brother-in-law and family they're in town uh, mm-hmm. right now from Saskatchewan. Wonderful having them in. You know, we don't see them that often because there's um, you know two thirds of the prairies between us and them, um, but. They're here. It's going to be a wonderful time. A lot of family time. My son's birthday next week. So we're doing a bunch of stuff for that. So that's all quite tiring. And then also we're starting to pack because as I said, we're moving back to the beach, which is amazing. I don't know if I can do two beer festivals in one weekend. I, I'm not a young man anymore, man. Oh, yeah, come yeah. on. Let's be honest. You can do it. I probably can, but that is, uh, See you there. going to be something. Yeah, I'll be there. Um, and then, yeah, August moving Here's another, any bros who happen to be able to lift a lot of weight, 
I don't need you to help me move. It's okay. Uh, okay, cool. I think that's about it. We'll, we'll wrap. And uh, sorry this one's late. But we only kind of passed that over. But with this weekend, two weddings, giant beer festival, illicit water slide riding injuries uh, all conspired to make this not come out. I'm hoping I might even have this out Tuesday night, which is today. So uh, hopefully this gets out soon. I've also been told we had a bit of problems. The last episode wasn't showing up on iTunes, so I'm still trying to figure out what's going on there. But hopefully everything works out well. And uh, we'll talk to you in about two weeks, which is going to be after Roundhouse and The Only. So we'll let you know how that all turned out for us. Thanks, Mandy. Thanks, Chris. Talk to you soon. Hope your day gets better. Yeah, you too. Thanks. (laughs)